Glory to God, hallelujah. I am so, uh, well, it's just so good, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the Spirit, is, of course, isn't far from any of us, amen? And that's just such a wonderful thing that he, he put his Spirit on the inside of us so we don't have to look very far, amen? If you're looking, you're already there, amen? I said, if you're looking, you're already there. So if you're looking for a Spirit, you're already there. All you got to do, the only thing that you are required to do to get God's Spirit is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Receive what He did for you on the cross, and if you do that, then His Spirit's there. And so if you're looking for the direction, it's already there. If you're looking for the knowledge, the wisdom, if you're looking for what to do, if you're looking for the answer, how many know it's already there? Yes. Glory to God, because His Spirit's already there. He does, we don't have to wait for him to come. We don't have to wait for him to send an angel. We don't have to wait for, uh, you, you know, somebody to come to us. We can tap in right where we're at. Right. Praise the Lord. And as I was, you know, up here, I just started tapping in right where I was at. I just started seeing things. I started, and not much. I, I, I don't know a, a lot about what I was seeing, but I saw a little bit. Glory to God. And I, I'm just so thankful for the Holy Spirit. You know, life, uh, you know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. I said, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. Yeah. Glory to God. You, I think we live in peace. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I think we live in peace. And what I mean by that is I, I, I'm saying I think we know that. Yeah. We live in peace. Yeah. Glory to God. And the closer I get to God, the more peace I live in. Amen. And that's because His Spirit is there re waiting to release the fruits that He has for us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, there's good things that God has for us. I'm so glad for this church. I'm so glad that he's called us to this work. And, you know, there's been a lot of times where, uh, a lot of time where this, this work has been very difficult. And it's been difficult because there's opposition. You know, the Bible tells us that when there's a great and effective door open to us, that there are many adversaries. And so maybe you've noticed adversaries in your own life as you draw closer to God. You start getting more faithful. Maybe you've even seen some blessing of the Lord. And then all of a sudden there's some adversaries, right? And you don't even know what those adversaries are. Maybe you think they're you. Maybe you, maybe you think that it's your head. Maybe you think, I'm, I'm about to speak prophetically here, but maybe you think that it's your, uh, maybe you think that it's the depression that was always there. Maybe you think that it's the anxieties that was, was always there. But I'm telling you that they're adversaries. That those things are trying to rob you and keep you from getting into the things that you are to get into. Amen. But if you'll recognize that the old is gone, you say, well, this feels like the old. Yes, because in the old, you were completely wrapped up in it. Amen? You were completely uh, immersed in the old when you were in the old. And, and what you see is the old trying to get back on you, but it's not the same as the old because you're a different you. Amen. I'm talking to people who are saved, right? right? Amen? And so if you've been saved, if you've been born again, if you've received what Jesus did for you, You've been, you're a new creation, the Bible tells us. And if you're a new creation, but you feel the old way, what you're feeling is the old trying to knock on your door saying, I want back in. And so you just decide, I don't want you back in. I want the new because the old didn't work. The old wasn't good. The old didn't bless me. The old didn't bless anybody else. The old didn't help me. In fact, the reason I came was because the old was too much. Amen. So let's not, not, let's not embrace the old. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm being clear. Seems like I'm being clear, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Praise the Lord. But God wants to help us. Praise the Lord. 
you know, um, uh, you, you know, with any work, uh, there's always uh, there's always a process with any work, isn't there? Anything you do, I don't know if you've ever built anything, but as I build, uh, as I build a project or whatever, I always get to some point in the project where I look at it and think, I just wish it was done. Sometimes, and I've been a little guilty of this, that I've hurried something a little faster. Have you ever done that? You're trying to finish something and you try to hurry it a little faster than, 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 than what you normally would because you just want to see it done. Maybe that's how you, you know, in the end of the painting, you, uh, painting a room, maybe, you know, there's that spot that you, you drip the paint because you were just trying to get it done, you know. Yeah. Uh, praise the Lord. But we don't want to hurry through any work. We don't want to hurry through what God's doing. Uh, but everything is a process. There's a process of doing things. And the Lord was dealing with me just as even during announcements about the process of the work, amen, and what he's doing. And do you realize that he is, uh, that, that, that if you're here, if you're getting the word, you're getting fed. And if you're getting fed, you're getting prepared for something else, amen? Now, what you're getting prepared for might not have manifested yet. In fact, you might not even feel like you're necessarily being prepared for something. Maybe you don't know. But you are being prepared for the future. There's something that's coming down the, the pike that you're going to need the feeding that you're getting. Amen? And that's why I love, you know, like even when Reverend Josh was up here and he was talking about the, uh, you know, the, what, what was on his heart coming down here. And I'm just like, that, that's what I'm preaching and along the lines of what we're preaching tonight, you know. And it's one spirit preparing the people, amen? And that's a sign and a wonder. That's, that's prophetic, actually. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy doesn't have to be some, some crazy big thing. It doesn't have to be some big booming voice, but it can be something as simple as just a, uh, a, a knowing on the inside of you, and that knowing uh, comes out of you, praise the Lord, and, 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 and blesses other people, praise the Lord. But God is feeding and he's preparing us. He's preparing us for what's coming. Maybe what's coming this week. Maybe what's coming uh, a month from now. Maybe what's coming a year from now. It doesn't really matter. But we, we have to understand that we're being equipped. And, you know, even as I, I had a conversation with my brother here last week, and it was, uh, it, it, it was a really great conversation. In fact, I left stirred, brother. I just, you know, I, I, my brother Jeff back here, I just was just so, uh, I was so stirred when I, I, I left that conversation. Amen? Amen. And, and, and though he didn't say it, you know, there's gifts of the Spirit that are working in his life. Yeah. And I don't know if he recognizes it or not, but there's gifts of the Spirit. Why, why am I saying this? Because this is what's on my heart to talk about right now. Amen? Yeah. But uh, there's gifts that are flowing. And that's what the Lord, when he was saying he's preparing us, in the message, you know, the Lord is preparing us each and every time we sit at the table and eat. He's preparing, you know, what is, really all eating is is preparation because eating gives you energy that you can go out and expend. Praise the Lord. And so what, what stirred me so much about this is because he's doing these things on his own. You know, I wasn't, I never directed him to do it. He just had a heart to do the things that he's called to do. And it just, it, it's just so amazing to me how God just, you know, he stirs that in people and bring people around. And, and, and here, here is uh, the ability to have fruit just because we meet here and they show up. Amen. Or just because we meet here and you show up. Yeah. Glory to God. You never know what's getting put into you that's going to come out at a later time. And you don't necessarily even know how it's going to come out. Maybe you don't see it come out. And see, this is the wonderful thing about the local church. A local church that's, that's, that's spiritual, following the spirit and following the word to teach people. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Well, all this is not note, note stuff. This is just stuff that's on my heart right now as I'm standing here. 
And I'm certainly glad there's something to tell you. Amen. Because it's, it's, a, lot, uh, it's a lot more boring if there's not something to tell you. Glory to God. But, uh, you know, there's, there's things God's stirring in you. Just see that as we, as we go about our normal lives, but we interact with the Spirit. And we, we, sometimes we don't see the change. You know, I, 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 started, uh, I started trying to add exercise into my life a little bit, you know. And the thing is, is you, you go out and exercise, and the first time you do it, uh, you know, you, you, you want to go, uh, uh, you want to see change, but you don't. And often that's why we quit. If we saw instant change, we would probably do it more, more often, right? But uh, as, you, as you do it over time, over a period of time, you'll notice a difference. But it takes that period of time. Well, the same thing is coming to church. You're exercise, exercising your spirit, man. You're exercising your spirit life, your heart, by, by coming and sitting and hearing the word. And as you do, what's happening is there's change taking place on the inside of you. And you may not, might not even recognize it. You might not even realize it, but it's changed nonetheless. And as you, as you allow that to, by faith, you know, you have to come to church by faith. How many have never? How many have ever gotten to a position where they didn't feel like coming? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. How many have ever gotten to a position where they just didn't feel like doing this thing anymore? Yeah. You see, what I was I was talking to, to to Josh before the service, and I said, you know, so many times people bail. You know, Jesus was in the boat, and the boat was sinking. Right? It was filling. It was sinking. I said it was filling. It was sinking. Praise the Lord. And, but it wasn't sunk. And see, the disciples, the way they looked at it when they were in the boat, they looked at, looked at it as being sunk. They looked at it as being all done. It was, all, it was already sunk. But see, as long as you're still in the boat, as long as you're still floating, as long as you haven't drowned yet, you haven't sunk. Until you're touching the bottom, you, you, you haven't sunk. And so many times people bail before, uh, before they've sunk. And what happens is, is, is they bail right before the breakthrough. You know, the, 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 and I know it, it takes trust to stay, doesn't it? It takes, takes trust to continue on. But what's the other option? When you're in a boat that's sinking, the only other option is to jump into the water, which is no more of an option, right? Going back to the place of sinking or jumping into a place of sinking when you're sinking, isn't any better of an option. So you might as well do what you got to do to stay afloat. You might as well stay alive. You might as well fight a little bit. You might as well stand. You might as well stir yourself up at least once in a while. You might as well get back on course. You might as well do the thing that, you, that you're told to do because at least this, you're given a promise for a way out. And if you're not given a way out, you can, at the very least, you can stand before God and you can say, God, I had faith, I trusted, and you failed me. Right? But what's the other option? The other option is sinking. The other option is standing before God saying, well, I didn't even give it a try. Or I gave it a try, but not all the way. See, the boat was sinking when it was filling. It wasn't like, oh, we sprung a leak. This looks bad. See, when you first get the news, you sprung a leak. When you first hear something bad, you've sprung a leak. Amen? And then all the stuff after that is just the filling of the boat. But what are you going to hold on to? Are you going to hold on to the fact that the boat is filling? Or are you going to hold on to the one who promises to bail the boat out? Amen. Amen? And to bail you out. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Today, today's message is called, They're Gonna Know. Praise the Lord. And if you've heard those, you know, there's, I, I, like, to, you know, I like to have like little catchy titles, I guess. It's just kind of a thing. 
You know, if you've ever seen one of those, those stupid TikTok videos or different videos like that, short clips on YouTube or whatever, the, there's this one where they, they repeat all the time, they're going to know. How are they going to know? They're going to know. And that was just playing over in my, in my heart as I was, I was doing it. And I'm not saying that all those videos are good or any of them are good. So I'm not saying watch it. I'm not saying go to TikTok. I'm not tell, but, you know, we're in the culture we're in, praise the Lord. And, and Jesus dealt with, with a lot of things in the culture they were in. And so I'm going to deal with that culture as well. But we're not going to stay there. But, but the idea about this is, you know, we should know. You know, the thing about, uh, one of the things that we're guaranteed as, as Christians, as believers, as people who have been uh, born again, as people who have been, had the spirit put on the inside of us, right? We get something for that. You know, sometimes it feels like we're losing, doesn't it? Sometimes it feels like we're failing. Sometimes it feels like we just aren't getting anywhere. Sometimes it feels like we're just spinning tires and are we ever going to win this thing? Sometimes it feels like the devil gets, gets ahead of us. Sometimes it feels like he's out there taunting us. Just like, oh, you're just not going to get there. But see, we're, we've been given something. We've been given the ability to know. We've been given the ability to understand. We've been uh, uh, given the ability to rise above by what we know. Yeah. Amen? And so we have to embrace the fact that we know. But a lot of Christians just don't, just simply don't know. They don't know that they know. They don't realize that the Holy Spirit isn't far from them. The answer is on the inside of them. The answer is, is waiting for them to tap into it. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to be talking about a little bit of that today, and we're going to get to some basics. We're going to go back to some things that are simple uh, in the faith camp or the, the understanding of, uh, you know, we, we teach faith, we love faith. That's kind of the focus of where we stay, and the reason is is because the Bible tells us over and over again to live by faith if you're just. If you're not just, you don't have to live by faith, amen? You can live by whatever else you want, but if you want to be just, the Bible says to just live by faith. It doesn't say they live, you know, and faith works through love. We know that. Praise the Lord. But love also stirs faith. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. We also know that, right? And if we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God, and faith works through love, and the just shall live by faith, we might as well just hear all we can hear about faith. Because you can't receive anything without faith. You can't receive salvation without faith. The way you receive salvation and the way you walk in salvation is the same way. It's by faith. But we have to have faith in the way that God is going to do things. And one of the ways that he's going to do things, one of the primary ways, is he's going to do so through that inward witness. He's, he's put his spirit on the inside of us so we would know. I said he's put his spirit on the inside of us so we would know. We should know simple things. Now with the spirit being on the inside of us, he's not standing on the inside of us with a megaphone. He's not standing on the inside of us with, uh, you, you know, with uh, the voice of an archangel. He's standing on the inside of us with a still, small voice, or sitting on the inside of us, reclining on, I don't know how he is on the inside of us, but he's inside us. And that's all we need to know, amen? Praise the Lord, glory to God. And he's not doing so with a, with a loud, booming voice. You know, so often, we want the loud, booming voice, but Jesus said that that's not faith, and that's, that's not good. He says it's wicked and evil to seek a sign, Amen? Praise the Lord. We don't need a sign in the moon and the stars. We don't need signs uh, in, 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 uh, on the earth. We don't need somebody to come up to us and, and give us some great new revelation. What we need to learn to do is hear the voice of the Lord on the inside of us. Because when you do that, you'll start hearing the voice of the Lord in places that you won't even, can't even imagine. Like when you're reading the Word, you'll realize, oh, that's the voice of God speaking to me. And I know it. I can hear it. And I can see it. I can do it. Amen? And then you'll receive your instruction. Praise the Lord. 
Glory to God. Turn with me to Proverbs 20. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 20, verse 27. This is a page flipper, a page flipper for me. It says here in Proverbs 20, verse 27, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. The spirit of the man, of a man, or of man, is the lamp of the Lord. Well, what, what does this mean? Of course, we understand that the Bible uses the metaphor for a lamp or light very often. Now, how many know that you haven't, uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't met any Christians yet. There are emanating actual light. I haven't seen anybody that's, you know, they'll open their eyes and their mouth and all of a sudden light shoots out. You know, it says that about Jesus, that light, you know, at one point shot out of his eyes or whatever, I think. Praise the Lord. Or maybe we saw, I don't know, maybe it was a vision. I don't know what it was, but I've, I've heard that before, that light, you know, actual light. But we know that we don't have light, but the Bible calls us light. Amen? So when it's talking about it, it's, it, it's, it it's, it's really what it's referring to is what the Bible often talks about is this idea of light being exposing. It exposes things. You know, if you uh, ever know anything about uh, photography, not digital photography, but, but old film photography, if you remember, uh, if you can remember back that far, there was film photography. And what, what would you do? Take it into a dark room and then expose the film to light. Now, there's other processes and chemicals, but light was the thing that brought it about, right? Uh, and it's kind of the same thing when you, uh, I think that it's the same thing with a Polaroid. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But light is the thing that exposes. It's the thing that shows us, amen? I just got these new lights. These, they're these really awesome screw-in light bulbs or LEDs. And they, have, they, they screw into a regular light fixture, but they have a branch three different ways. And they're these really powerful LED lights. And I found a really good place to get them cheap, by the way. And if you want to know, ask me afterwards, I'll tell you. Because, you know, you go to Home Depot or something, they're very expensive. But I found a place that's about half of what they are there. And they work just as well. Praise the Lord. So at any rate, I put one of these, I, I, I like these things because you put them in, you got a regular light bulb, you know, you put them in, they use less energy than a regular old-fashioned light bulb, but they, they put a lot more light, and it's like, whoa, you put go into a room with one of these on, and, and, and it's really exposed, everything, you see details and, that you didn't see before, you see uh, things that are hiding in corners and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's what light does, is light exposed. And so we see here the, the spirit of man is the lamp. Of the Lord. So, in other words, it's in, in, in a man's spirit or a woman's spirit that God is going to reveal some things. He's going to show clearly in this place. Now, of course, they may have had a hard time in the Old Testament understanding what all this is about. But the, the New Testament made it very clear to us because the Spirit of God wasn't living in man before. But now we know that the Spirit of God is dwelling on the inside of us. And so he's shining his direction. He's shining his light on the inside of us. In other words, it's our hearts, when they're right before the Lord, amen, when they're not snuffing out the light, when they're not trying to cover the light. This is why we try to stay away from sin. This is why we try to live a life that's righteous, because when we do, then the light is effective in our lives. But do you realize that when, you, uh, when you're living evil, when you're living sinful, when you're embracing the world, what you're doing is you're covering over that light. 
Unless you don't have the light at all, then you're not saved. But once you're saved and you have the light, the reason we stay away from sin is because it's the same as covering it over. I said it's the same as covering over. You know, Jesus talked about, you know, no one takes a, uh, uh, takes a lamp and puts it under a bushel basket. Right? Nobody covers a lamp up. They let it shine so that everybody's blessed by it. Well, why did he say that thing? He's saying because if you're, if you're born again, that, you know, that, that was a metaphor for, for the Spirit being on the inside of us and us being the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And so if we are going to continue in sin, if we're going to embrace it, see, you'll, uh, what a lot of Christians do is they try to justify their sin by looking at how other people sin. And they say, well, well, Lord, but they sin more. Look at how they're sinning. So, so, I don't, uh, so I, I'm not as bad as they are. Well, do you want to see everything you need to see or do you just want to see a little bit of it? See, because it doesn't matter if somebody else is covering up their light. That shouldn't, that shouldn't matter to you. What should matter to you is the fact that you don't want your light covered up. You don't want your lamp hidden. You don't want to not see what God wants you to see. And see, so many problems that arise in life come because people have draped, uh, uh, they've put a covering over the lamp, which is their spirit. God is trying to show them. He's trying to reveal things to them. Praise the Lord. And how you like, where do you get all this? Well, you get all this from studying the word. You know, not just from one scripture, but there's a lot in the Bible that talks about, you know, why we stay away from sin. And we're going to get into some of that uh, perhaps tonight. But, but uh, the, the fact that we need to see this is that the spirit of uh, the man is the lamp of the Lord. And then it says here, searching all the inner, uh, innermost parts of his being. In other words, it all starts from right here. You know, some translations will say heart. Some translations will say the belly. But we understand that God's, God's spirit uh, is, is speaking to us from the inward witness or the inside out. We have a leading, and this is often where we have it, is right here. It's not so much up here, although you can, you can process the, the leading up there, but it's kind of like that gut feeling you just know. Now, again, if you're in the world, you don't know Jesus, and you can't trust the gut feeling. And I'll just be honest with you, if you're not living right, if you're not living after God, if you're not seeking him, if you're not getting in his word, if you're not hungry for the things of God, uh, you probably can't trust your leading. But if you're hungry, do I have any hungry people here tonight? If you're hungry, if you're thirsting for truth, if you're seeking an answer, I'm just telling you right now that you can find it. Not only can you find it, you will find it because he's promised us that we will. Amen? Because his lamp's on the inside of us. That's why when we reveal, when sin has been revealed to us, sin in our lives, we don't come up with ways of justifying it because what we do is we just hinder the ability for God to get through to us. And that's not what we want either. Amen? And now we're going to see some examples of this. Uh, I want to show you an example. I remember the first time that I heard about this. It was a, a real blessing to me. But it's over there in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 1. So why don't we go ahead and flip there. Now you all know, uh, or you should know, that Luke, uh, he was not one of the twelve. He did not walk with Jesus. He did not get to experience that. But, but, but Luke came after, right? But Luke, we know, wrote the book of Acts, or the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And there's some really good things for us to get in here. Just go to the very beginning of Luke, chapter 1, verse 1. And I love these scriptures. I will never forget the first time I, that this was shown to me. And I was just, you know, it was my pastor. He was preaching a message. And uh, not, not the same message, but he was preaching. And he brought these scriptures up. 
And of course, I had never seen it before, and many of you might not have either, but as you see this, I think it'll bless you. Amen. It says, Inasmuch as many as have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, so he's talking about the other Gospels, amen, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, so they're talking about servants of Jesus, and he's, he's, he's t- telling us about that, right? Amen. He says, It seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. Now what I want to focus on here is in verse 3. It says, it seemed fitting for me as well. You know, Luke didn't say that he had some visitation from heaven. He didn't say that some angel came before him and told him what to do. He said, it seemed fitting to me. It seemed fitting to me. Or you could say this, it seemed right. What is Luke telling us? He's telling us in his spirit, it seemed right to write an account. And we're so thankful that he did. Do you know he wrote the book of Acts from the same leading? It wasn't some great, uh, great uh, uh, prophecy. It wasn't some, you know, some vision of Jesus appeared to him. You know, Paul on the road to Damascus was knocked off, a, uh, was knocked to the ground, and I don't know, was he knocked off a horse? I don't know if he was knocked off a horse, but he was knocked off onto the ground, and and he was blinded by the light. Glory to God! And he couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't, uh, couldn't even stand in the presence, and he heard the voice of God speaking to him. But it wasn't so for Luke. It seemed fitting. And aren't we glad that we have the book of Luke? We're glad that we have the detail that Luke, who is the great physician, put into the book of Luke. And he he was so careful to do that and methodical about doing so. Do you know that the Lord brings us all together? And the the disciples, the apostles, they are examples of this, of how he brings different personalities, different backgrounds, different... I mean, they were just as different as you and I are. Think about the most different person that you know that doesn't even go to this church. Think about the most different person that you know from this. Glory to God. And that's as different as some of these people were. Isn't that wonderful? But what it shows us is this, is it shows us that God purposes to use differences and bring them together to create something that's great, to create something that's grand. And this is exactly what he was doing here. He's bringing another purpose. So if you're sitting here today and you think, man, I'm just not like that, that's okay. Because God will use you the way that he'll use you. And if you will be faithful to learn how God wants to use you, you'll see him use you in ways that will even surprise you. But here... Luke knew something. It seemed fitting, and he knew that he could trust that. And so we're talking and we're building on this idea of this inward witness and the Spirit speaking to us and showing us and leading us and guiding us. And so often we, 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 we say, you know, we just, we, we, just want, uh, we just want a solid answer. Who wants a solid answer? You just want to know, right? You just want to know what it is. You just want somebody to spell it all out for you. But see, it's not going to happen that way. Because God doesn't like to speak that way. God likes to operate according to faith. And what I mean by that is he likes to use your faith. He likes you to use your faith. And faith is basically trust in God. He likes you to be able to trust him. 
You know something that the Lord, and I'm going to give this to you now. It was the end part, but I'm going to give it to you now. One of the things that the Lord taught me about the inward witness is that the inward witness he has given to us on purpose. And the very fact that he gave us the inward witness means that we can trust that witness. We can trust that direction. We can trust that truth. Now again, if we're living in sin, and this is why we preach against living in sin, it's going to be hindered. You're going to, you know, even if your light is partially covered, you know, you're going to see some things. You know, have you ever gone into a dim room? Well, in a dim room, you can see better than a dark room, right? But if you really want to get into, you know, when you're, when you're doing something, uh, when you, uh, I have this coffee mug that I use every day, thanks to the Davisons. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's a real blessing to me. But this coffee mug is black. And my wife has one that's just the same, and it's white. Yeah. Now, my wife's, the white shows, like, shows dirt real easy, residue real easy, yeah, or anything. So coffee or whatever, if it's in there, you'd see it real easy. So hers is real obvious when it needs to be cleaned. Mine, not so much. And these aren't uh, just mugs that you can throw in the dishwasher for a certain reason and stuff like that. So they have to, they have to be carefully hand-washed and stuff like that. But the point, the reason I'm saying that is because sometimes when I'm pouring my coffee in, now I don't drink my coffee with creamer in it or anything like that. Um, I drink my coffee black. And my mug is black. And so when I'm pouring my coffee in, I can't always see where that is. Especially if it's kind of dim lit, which sometimes, not dim wit, dim lit, amen? Uh, sometimes it is, like when, I, when I'm having my coffee, you know, if it's six in the morning, when I'm pouring my coffee into the mug, I don't always, because I'm like, I don't know, I like to not turn the lights on sometimes for some reason. Maybe it's just the old guy in me, I figure, I don't know, whatever. But, I, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm squinting to see it, amen? And so you can see it, kind of, because there's enough light. Uh, but, of course, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's better when you can see it with the whole, when you have the whole light. But it's the same thing with, with the, the, the lamp of the Lord. If we're doing things, you know, God is going to always, God loves us. Does anyone know that? Yeah. Does anyone know that God cares about you? Do you realize that God didn't tell you not to sin because it just ticks him off, but he told us not to sin because of the separation it causes between us and him? And so what happens is, is he, he knows that if we're going to live in sin, where it's like essentially like taking a blanket and covering up that spirit. It's covering up that, that witness, that leading on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. That's why some people, even people that have professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but are out there living in the world, can't see the truth. You'll look at them, you think, they knew the truth, they knew better than this. Amen? But they can't see it because their spirit is being covered. So what we, you know, of course, we pray for them. We pray for people like that. And we should know that they would have an eye of understanding that, they're, that, they're, that, that light would come to them, that, you know, you pray for the removal of those things. You know, I was just praying that for somebody this afternoon, in fact. Somebody reached out to me and, you know, about a situation in their family. And I was, I was praying for their, their child, glory to God. And as I was praying for their child, I was praying, Lord, reveal to them. Their child is in a bad way. Uh, and, and I prayed, Lord, reveal that to them. Let them see that. Let the light come to them, you know. And what, what am I praying? I'm, 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 I'm coming in as an advocate, trying to, an, an intercessor, trying to help them in that place. And so we pray for the light to come to people. Amen? The Bible tells us, and I think it's in Matthew 4, around verse 16, it says that uh, those who walked in darkness 
have seen a great light because light has sprung upon them or some versions say light has dawned. And the Lord gave me that scripture when we started the church in Mayville. The knowledge that there is light coming through the preaching of the word that's happening here in Cory, Pennsylvania tonight. Right here on Route 6, just outside the city. Amen? That's what's happening is light is coming to Cory, Pennsylvania tonight. We're bringing it in, and that's what we do every time we go out into the world, Jeff. You're taking the light out into the world. Praise the Lord. Lynn, you're part of that too, you know. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Everywhere we go, we're taking that light. But people cover up the light, and sin, that's what God is telling us. Is he, he, it's, sin is the act of us covering up. Because here's the thing. If you're close to God, you don't want to sin. If you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, my, my kids, they, they, they honor me and respect me as their, their, their dad. Um, and, and they would tell you that if they've screwed up, they want to hide it. Why do they want to hide it? Because they don't want me to see it. Yeah. What did Adam do in the garden? The exact same thing. He hid. He hid because he didn't want God to see his sin. Right? Yeah. And so that's the exact same thing that's still happening in us today. So when we sin, what we're doing is we're taking the, we're taking the leaves, so to speak, yeah. the fig leaves, and we're covering up yeah. the things th that we've realized is exposed. Yeah. And so when we, when we do that, what we're doing is we're trying to blind God. Now, we're not blinding God's eyes. Yeah. What we're really doing is we're blinding our own. Yeah. By living in sin, we blind ourselves to the truth. Yeah. By embracing sin, we blind ourselves to the truth. By living in sin, we blind his ability to speak to us, not because he's not speaking, but because we're closing our ears off from hearing. Yeah. We're closing our eyes off from seeing. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Why does he want it to be holy? Why do we take care of the temple in such a way? Why do we uh, realize that the temple is, or that the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? It all comes back to that same thing keeping us in the place where we can hear from him. Amen. And God wants to speak all the time. Sometimes you think, well, I'm not around anybody I know. So I can sin a little. But all you're doing is you're blinding yourself. You're not blinding somebody else. You think you're keeping it from them. You think that you're keeping it from somebody else and that in your mind is justified as okay. As long as they don't know, I'm fine. As long as my pastor doesn't know, I'm fine. But what you're doing is you're really blinding yourself from the truth. You're blinding yourself. See, it's not confession. Why does, why, why does God tell us to confess our sins to one another? He's not telling us to confess our sins to one another just so you have ammunition against me. Or I have ammunition against you. Because when we are purposeful about exposing our own sin, what we're doing is we're removing that covering from our own eyes. We're pulling the veil away. Praise the Lord. I'll just tell you this is a lot better than when I prepared it. Because the Holy Spirit is bringing things out. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us that in His light we see light. In his light, we see light. So in other words, in his light, we, it, it, it's exposed to us. We understand. We can see. We can get it. Why do we live? Why do, why do Christians, why, when people say, well, I wouldn't want to be a Christian because I, I wouldn't want to have to live that way. And you're like, well, wait a minute. See, Christians never expose them to the light. Right. 
They never exposed them to the truth. They're like, yeah, I kind of didn't want to give it up myself, but here I am giving it up because Jesus wanted me to do it. See, you just don't even know why God is talking. You have no, no understanding, even the basic understanding of what the Word says. Why, 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 what is better than being able to clearly hear from heaven? What is better than to clearly know God, his relationship with you, and exactly what he wants you to do? So many people pray to God as a, because, they're, because they're in fear, they're in turmoil, they're in stress, they just don't know what to do. They're praying to God, they're like, God, help me, and they don't even understand that you can come to God in faith. Yes. See, why don't I want to sin? Because I want to come to God in faith. Have you ever done that? Have you ever sinned and then you thought, man, I surely, and then there's something right after you sinned that you gotta, you gotta pray for and you just don't feel like you got, you don't have much confidence going before the Lord. You ever been there? Yeah. Praise the Lord, I was there this week. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know what I did. Maybe it was a thought I had. I can't even remember, but that wasn't the point. The fact is, is I remember that, that icky feeling. You know that icky feeling? That icky feeling, and I say, oh man, I just I really, I really bunged something. There's your word, right? Praise the Lord. Bunged something up today. Is that bad? Is it a bad word? I don't think it's a bad word. You looked at me like it was bad. You laughed. And so I, when that happens, I'm like, mm, see, it's like, woo, there's a little alarms there. Go off. But you, I really messed something up, you know? And you don't feel that confidence. See, God wants us to have that confidence before him. He wants us to know. And so that's why we don't sin, because we want to come before him. But the light exposing it, that's why the Bible tells us to confess our sins, because when we do that, what we do is we expose it, and then the devil has no corners to hide in anymore. We pull the veil off, and we can see that. This is going a lot different than I thought it would, but it's praise the Lord. I, think, I believe it's helping us. But we're talking about the inward witness. Luke said, see, Luke was, he was sensitive enough to, to see that even just, it seemed fitting to me. And look what got to be canon. Look what got to be scripture. This is considered holy scripture. Can anyone add to scripture? If Pastor Jeff stands before you and said, hey, I, I just, the Lord revealed to me a new book of the Bible for you. I'm going to give it to you. What would you do? You would reject it. And if you didn't, you're a fool. Amen? God isn't revealing new books of the Bible to us. He gave us scripture. But it just seemed good to Luke. It just seemed good. Seemed fitting. You see, when you know the Holy Spirit, he can guide you by what seems fitting. That your life can be that easy. You know what? It's, it's, it's stressful when you're trying to get an answer, isn't it? When you get on your knees and maybe you're praying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast and pray, and I'm not throwing out fasting and praying and saying that those things don't matter. But man, it can be stressful in those times, can it? When, you, when, you're, when you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and you just, you're praying because you need something to change and you don't even know how long you're going to pray, but maybe you just pray until you get the change because that's all that you have. That's stressful. But how about when God just leads us by his spirit? Again, I'm not, I'm not negating the need for times of prayer and times of fasting in times of doing those things, I'm not negating that. But what I'm saying is, is that the Lord desires to speak to us in simple ways that anyone can understand. You can teach a three-year-old to be led by the Spirit if you know how to do it yourself. It's not difficult. But see, so often we get in our head about it. Surely this can't be right. Surely this couldn't be the answer. But this, this is completely opposite of what, what everything in the flesh tells me to do. Well, yeah. That's kind of the point. Jesus had never walked on water if he did what the flesh told him to do. 
Peter would have never stepped out of the boat onto the water if, if he did what the flesh told him to do. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And neither will we. Glory to God. So we understand that it seemed fitting. So this seemed fitting is more than just that, though. It's the leading of the Lord, and God leads us through that still, small voice on the inside of us. He's speaking to us. He's waiting for us. This is why chaos is so bad. This is why when we have live these lives where, where we're constantly feeling, if you ever got caught up in, maybe it's watching videos, or maybe doing watching TV, or whatever, you're just caught up in something, and you do so, and before you know it, hours have passed, and your mind is just going a million miles an hour. God calls us away from that. He calls us to step away from that. As a pastor, I've seen this as a problem in the church. And not just with kids, it's with adults too. Yeah. That their attention span can barely last an hour. And listen, I'm not saying that I want to go preach out, uh, multiple hours for a message, but I'm just saying we should be able to sit for an hour and listen to the word. Yeah. Especially when we live, I mean, I don't know how many hours are in a week, but it's a lot more than one. And so if we're going to spend so many hours in the wor world, we better have at least one good hour in the Word. I mean, that's just the way I see it. Praise the Lord with the Lord. Hallelujah. That's not Scripture, by the way. That's just a thought. Amen. Turn with me to Romans 8. And here's the thing. Even if you've been around for a while and you're like, yeah, I, I, I put this to practice. I know the leading of the Lord. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with sharpening that. There's nothing wrong with being able to, to, to know that more, to hear that more. Praise God. Romans 8. <clears throat> Romans 8 and verse 8. It says here, And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. This is a very important thing for us to understand. There's so many Christians that try to live in the flesh, try to justify living in the flesh. Listen, you don't need help living in the flesh. So you don't need to justify it. You don't need to look at We're not supposed to live in the flesh. We are going to live in the flesh in the sense that we're going to spend time here on earth in our flesh suits, our bodies, amen? But what, it, what this is talking about, this is not talking about just existing, amen? This is talking about how you go about living. You know, when the Bible often, and especially in these scriptures, talks about living, it's not just talking about taking your breath, eating your meals, existing, just the basic things that we do to exist. This is talking about how we go about living, the type of life that we live. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's uh, so important for us to understand this. It's so important for us to understand that God deals with how we live. The Bible deals with us. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. The thing that we need to understand is that the world is vying for our attention. It's vying for the attention of our flesh. Everything in this earth that, is in, that you see, everything that sells, anything that's for sale is geared towards your flesh. People don't realize this down to smells. Do you know casinos have learned so much about the psychology of colors even that they use certain colors for the carpet. They use certain colors and patterns for the carpet and the walls and the ceiling. They, uh, they, they, they do certain, there's certain sounds 
There's alarms that go off all the time because in, uh, th 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 that stirs your senses. And see, if you've ever been in a casino, now I have never, uh, well, I, I have gambled in a casino pre-Jesus, but uh, a few years ago, Pastor Tim and I were driving back across the country uh, from California, and we drove here, uh, back here to New York, and we decided to stay overnight. One of the st night places we stayed overnight was in Las Vegas. I had never been to Las Vegas and wanted, wanted to see it. Amen? I just wanted to see, you know, you're in, it's not wrong to go see a place just because it's sinful. Um, it'd be wrong to partake of all that stuff. And, but I, I also have found that when I go to places, uh, you know, of course, be led by your spirit, too. And this is what we're talking about. But um, I'm not just saying to put yourself and expose yourself into, you know, if you have peace, that's one thing. But if you don't, don't go. But at any rate, I was in Las Vegas and I wanted to see it. And what I, I, I can tell you this, I have no interest in ever going there again. Not that I wouldn't. If the Lord directed me to, of course I would, or if I had to for some reason. But I have no interest in just going to hang out there ever again. We just stayed overnight. But we stayed in that real famous hotel, the Bellagio. Have you ever heard of the Bellagio? The Bellagio is the one with all the fountains. They do the synchronized fountain things that, you know, at night. And it's a, quite a show that they have going on there in front of it. But we stayed in this. this uh, we stayed there for the hotel. We weren't staying. We weren't gambling. We didn't gamble at all. Went to the buffet there because we heard all this stuff about the buffets. But the buffet, I'm just going to tell you, was really expensive and it was super disgusting. And so for all that I've heard about it, I'm like, well, anybody who's eaten there has never eaten good food before. That's all I can say. Because it was, I would rather eat at McDonald's. I'm telling you the truth. I mean, when, well, praise God, hallelujah. When, you know, when I take a bite of sushi and I'm like, oh, something's not right about this. I'm not going to eat anymore. You know, if I'm not going to eat the sushi, that there's something wrong with it. But I'm just, you know, that's free, no charge. But at any rate, I was at this, uh, but w when you go to your room even, you can't just go to your room. You have to walk by slot machines. You have to walk by gambling tables. You have to walk by all the different things that are going on, all the colors, all the lights, all the flashes, all the, what is all that? It's trying to get you wrapped up in it. They design them on purpose like that to draw you in, to draw people in. You know, and promises of big buffets with lots of food and, and cheap and all this stuff. They, all this stuff, what is it appealing to? The senses. When you go outside on the streets, it's all appealing to the senses. People were coming up to us trying to give us little like pamphlets. Not, and they weren't Bible tracts. I'm just going to tell you that much. And the words that they used with them were not good words. I'm glad I didn't have little kids with me. I'll just tell you that much. But the words that they would do, and, they, and it was all appealing to the flesh. Of course, we know prostitution is not legal in Las Vegas, but it's legal around Las Vegas. I've just learned that in my studies, not because I was studying to learn, but I was studying to learn, but not for the purpose that people were after it for. Amen. But uh, uh, praise the Lord. But, you know, it's, it, it's like you're, you're just slammed with it there. There's big, giant, uh, light-up posters. I mean, when I talk big, giant, light-up posters, I mean the size of buildings with, with flesh all over it. You know, and, and what is it doing? It's appealing to the flesh. Praise God. I know we're just talking about being in the flesh and... I'm going to go a little further with this. My wife and I recently going down to Pensacola to see Reverend Greer. We flew through, through uh, New Orleans. Amen. And we, that's where we landed. We rented a car in New Orleans, and we spent a night in New Orleans. Actually, we spent a couple nights there, one night when we got there and one night when we left. And we went there for the, uh, we wanted to see it. We'd never seen it before and wanted to see what all this was about. Of course, it wasn't Mardi Gras, but even when it's not Mardi Gras, it's not good. And everything there is geared towards the flesh. Everything there is geared towards the flesh, whether it's sexual vice, whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, you know, uh, 
drinking and drugs and all these things. All of these things promoted, anticipated, they are uh, explored, they are uh, embraced, they're all over the place there. What is that? It's just dealing with the flesh. See, the world is vying for, the, for, our comp for our competition of our spirit. It wants our attention away from God. Why? A lot of these things are designed by the devil. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't live in the world that we can't partake of certain things that we can't, you know, you can't have a good buffet once in a while or something like that. All of that <laughs> stuff's fine if you follow the Lord. But my point in saying this is, is that we have to understand that there's an all-out assault trying to get us away from the Spirit and trying to get us in the flesh. And as a result of this, many, even God's elect, are living consumed with the flesh. <clears throat> I don't know if you've noticed, but whatever narrative that the powers that be want to push, they start filling the news with it. They start blaring about this and blaring about this and blaring about this, and pretty soon everybody else is talking about it. And then it's on Facebook, and it's on other forms of social media, and people are talking about it at work, you know. It's like all of this stuff, it just gets people going, well, what if you just don't care? Do you know if you live by the Spirit, there's a lot of things you just ain't going to care about. Yeah. You know, when I first saw the gas prices spike, I was like, ooh, that's not good. Yeah. But you know what? I don't really, I'm not going to care about it. I'm not going to focus on it. I don't like it, but I'm not going to focus on it because I can't change it anyways. You know, when it, it was just like, you know, I, with COVID and stuff like that, you know, yeah, I, would, I, I thought that it's wise to do what you know to protect yourself. But at the same point, I was like, I ain't going to stop living. I'm not going to hide in a box somewhere. I'm not going to refuse to uh, see my family and things like that. I mean, if they want to, that's fine. It's up to them. But I'm not going to refuse to do that. Why? Because that's what life is all about. I'm not going to, if I can be preserved for 30 years, but never have any interaction with people or have any, any life, no. real living, that's not living. I'm not going to live that way, amen? And so my point in saying these things is that we can't just be led and guided by the flesh. We have to understand that if you're in the flesh, praise the Lord, you cannot please God. So we can also see it this way, that flesh, living according to the flesh, is opposite of living towards faith. When people have something go wrong in their life and it wrecks them, that is a sign that they're living according to the flesh, at least in that area. The reason it wrecks you is because you're not in faith. Faith is opposite of the flesh. Faith pleases God, the flesh doesn't. Um, sometimes things will come at us to test our faith, to test where that's at, and we'll know how much we're in the flesh by how much our flesh is hurt. Now, that doesn't mean that things aren't going to hurt for a minute. You're a terrible Christian if they do. Not at all. But it just means that we know the answer. We get out of that by getting in faith. Right. Amen? Amen? And when you get in faith, when you reject the flesh, what's going to happen is you're going to get direction from the Lord. Right. See, a lot of the people that go in prolonged periods of time of, of stress and trial, it's because they're not hearing from God. And they're not hearing from God because, generally speaking, they're probably consumed by the flesh. So if you've gone through something and it's gone on for a long time, what I mean is the pain and the sorrow of it dragging you down and you just can't seem to rise up above that. What is that? That's your flesh dragging you down. I'm just trying to build a message. I'm just trying to get to being led by the Spirit. 
But you understand that the flesh is the hindrance to the spirit. The flesh was always the hindrance to the spirit. The flesh is what's separating us and keeping us from God. How do we know? You go back to Genesis. Look what happened with Adam and Eve. God was with them, and then he couldn't be because of the flesh. They, they, they fed the flesh, what they were told not to feed the flesh, and as a result, it separated from God. If you look at it this way, again, it covered uh, God in their lives. It put a big black blanket, dark blanket over God, and he couldn't show through. And so, and it's not because God, I mean, God could show his light to everybody all at once, but we'd all cease to exist. You understand that. And so the Bible tells us that as well, but uh, praise the Lord. But the world is vying for our attention. How are you not, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. <clears throat> praise the Lord. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read these, I'm thinking, hmm, if you are a Christian, don't you already have the Spirit? You do have the Spirit. He's living on the inside of you, or he's technically on the inside of you. But when it's talking about living and having, there's a part that's played on our part. Yeah. Just because he's there doesn't mean that we're partaking of the fact that he's there. You know, my wife and I were out for a walk last night. We were walking in Erie, walking downtown Erie. And at one point when we were walking, we were together, you know, but we were just walking together. Um, uh, but we were just standing next to each other as we were walking, or walking next to each other. As we walked, my wife reached down and she grabbed my hand. And when she grabbed my hand, of course, I held her hand. I knew what she wanted to do, praise the Lord, and I wanted to do so as well. And so we, then we walked for a while holding hands. But see, we were walking together but there was no, there wasn't that physical interaction. We weren't, uh, we could have very easily gone in separate directions. But now grabbing my hand, and if you think about it like this, when you grab hold of something, when you grab onto something, especially if you won't let go, it, you don't have as much freedom. In fact, holding hands really, if you really want to think about it, is kind of like yielding yourself to that other person. Oh, this is, this, this is, the, I, praise the Lord. It's, that's what it is. It's because it's, you're, you're giving that over to them. Actually, if you understand the relationship between a man and a woman, that's really what it is. The two becoming one, that's what that's all about. The, the fact that you, one has to yield and the other one has to yield to each other to come together and partake of something, to be joined together, as the Bible says. Marriage, the word marriage means to join together. And so we understand that. This is just a whole bunch of stuff that's you know, good and helpful. Be a lot of marriages to do a lot better if they realize that joint connection is for that reason. And not just talking about you know, man and woman relations. I'm talking about just the whole, the whole uh, relationship. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. You are not your own once you're married. Glory to God. You don't belong to you anymore. You belong to them. Amen. It means you're not your own once you're married. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but having the spirit, that word have, means to hold oneself to a thing. It's not just that to have it, like to have it exist near you, but it's literally to hold oneself to a thing, to lay hold of a thing, to adhere or cling to, to have in the hand, in the sense of wearing, 
to have possession of mind. And so to have the Spirit means that you embrace the Spirit of God. You embrace His direction. You embrace what He has to say. You, you embrace his, what, what He's bringing forth. Amen? You embrace the fact that the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. Now you might sit there and say, well, how do I do this? If I've never known him, if I've never recognized that or, or felt that, how do I partake of that? Well, we start by the word. The word is instruction for our life. When we do the things in the word, we're doing spiritual acts. When we're doing these spiritual acts, we learn how to hear from God because God can start leading us and guiding us and we start seeing how he does so because when you hear the voice one way, you know all. You know, when you hear, uh, you know, uh, when you hear the inflection in somebody's voice, it helps you understand if you've been around them some, kind of what they're getting at. You know, my wife could be angry with me and maybe not outwardly so, but she can start talking to me in such a way, and I'm like, something's off in the mix here. <laughs> something's just not right. There's something, there's something in that, that, and so I start poking a little bit. What, what is it? You know what I mean? What, what is it? What, what's going on there? And it's almost like I really do that to her. I do that to her soul. I poke her soul. I poke her mind. And I'm just, you know, trying to get in there and find out what that is because you can sense that. Well, the same thing is with the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I do that? Because I've learned my wife. I've spent time around my wife. How do you spend time around God when you don't know if he's not here? You do it with his word. And so as you hear the word, it builds faith. You get to understand who God is and how he speaks. And, and, then, uh, and then you start picking up things in your spirit. And when you realize that uh, the, 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 the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord... That's where he's trying to get us over to. But see, living dictated by the flesh and, and in line with the flesh and after the flesh and what the flesh wants and being consumed with the flesh, all that does is draw you away from the Spirit. And so when, he's drawing you, when it's drawing you away from the Spirit, it's harder to hear him. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Uh, and so... Uh, Praise the Lord. How far do I want to go there? Um, it says, if Christ is in you, what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, Luke 9.55 says, and this is, this is kind of an example of it. He said, speaking of Jesus, he turned and rebuked them, the disciples, and he said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. See, the spirit of a thing it's kind of like the essence of the thing. And Jesus was saying, you don't even know from the place which you're speaking right now. And see, this is something as Christians we need to understand. What position am I speaking from? We need to recognize the different emotions that happen. And sometimes maybe we're reacting to something. Have you ever done that? You reacted and you're like afterwards, you're like, ooh, I went too far. And so you start trying to reel it back. Praise the Lord, like when you're prodding your wife trying to get what, you know, what, what the essence of what she's trying to say to you is. You know, you, try, you start reeling it back. Well, maybe I went a little bit too far. You don't know what spirit you're of. And Jesus was saying, like, you need to recognize, we need to learn to recognize what spirit we're of. When we make a decision, when we have a thought, when we have a feeling, we're like, do we even consider, is this of God or do we just run with it? Because I was, I was always this type of person. This is my personality and I, I always I reacted this way. So this is the way I'm always going to react. 
Uh -uh. No, not according to the word. See, all that does is living in the flesh. I always wanted these things, so I always chose this, and that's what I always did. Do you know sometimes what I've learned, at least in my own life, is that the Lord will often lead me in things that are uncomfortable, that bring me out of comfort, in order to teach me a truth about something of myself. Amen? I said he will lead. Sometimes, is the time really up? It's flashing at me. Seriously? Well, glory to God. We ain't getting through it today, I guess. Amen? <laughs> But, uh, you, you know, uh, like, uh, if we kind of finish, try to finish where I'm at. Is anybody getting anything? I hope. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, like, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I just feel like I'm going with it here. But anyway, you know, people don't consider where, what spirit they're of or what they're, what they're uh, you know, wh where they're thinking from or why they are. And, and so many times God will, he will put me, make me be in a position that's very uncomfortable so I can learn like a weakness in myself. And he exposes something about myself. But one of my prayers to the Lord often is, God, show me where I'm wrong. Show me, you know, show me how I'm missing it here. Show me what I don't see. Lord, I don't want to be deceived. See, I'm almost obsessive about this. To the point where it's like, well, sooner or later, you just got to be okay with being where you're at. You know what I mean? You just got to figure, well, if he hasn't told me thus far then I must not be deceived. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, because it's important to me, God will show me yeah. the things about myself if I'll listen. Yeah. Do you know there's things about you that aren't right? right. Just telling you the truth. Yeah. Some people have said to me, you know, I, I'm not right, <laughs> you know? I'm like, well, that's okay, I'm not right either. <laughs> but God is helping us, he's getting us somewhere. Amen? Amen? If we'll listen. But we, he's going to start by the Spirit. But the Spirit isn't going to be... His Spirit is, his spirit is not going to override your insistence in your chaotic lifestyle. Spirit will not override that. I said he's not going to override your insist, insistence in your chaotic lifestyle. So if you insist on having a chaotic lifestyle, guess what you ain't going to be doing very well? Hearing from the Spirit. Because he can't speak to you. If you're like, oh, just every thought I have is right, and I'm just going to run with it and embrace it, he's going to have a hard time speaking to you. Now, there's a lot more I want to get into today. Hopefully, God willing, we'll get into it next week. Amen? But I just don't think I'm going to have to stop there. Amen? Praise the Lord. But we're stopping about in Christ. What's it mean to be in Christ? <clears throat> what kind of spirit are you of? Praise the Lord. Yep, yep, yep. I want to make sure there's nothing else I wanted to say there before we left. Praise the Lord. But we're, we're, we're a good stopping place. But remember, uh, to have is a decision. It's something that we embrace. We have, to, we have to purpose to have it. If you purpose to have the Spirit, He will purpose to give you direction. And you will know exactly what you got to do in all situations. You can know if something's going to be right for you. You can know if something's going to be wrong for you. You can know if something, and here's the thing. <clears throat> God leads us individually. He's not going to lead us. He's not going to lead me for you and you for me. He's going to lead us individually. Now, there's differences in the local church and stuff like that. You know, he'll take us as groups. But individually in your life, you're going to have to seek out God. You're going to need, if you want to walk in the Lord and what he's got for you, you're going to have to spend some time with some serious desire before him. Amen?